It's the various sports podcast you have to listen to every weekday with me, John Lund, Unleashed. It is time, the pilot episode, John Lund Unleashed, a Bay Area sports podcast with me, John Lund. Weekdays on KNBR 10 to 2 with Greg Papa. We will get to everything 49ers. Give it away, give it away, give it away. Now, Trey Lance, it's not really his fault. I don't know if you agree with that, but I have the stats to prove it. The 49ers already have a decision to make on Jimmy. 90 seconds on the NFL and not one but two for the road. Now, normally I would just jump into the first big Bay Area sports uh, story of the day. But for those who don't know me, and for those that do too, because let's be honest, I'm on KNBR, the big stick, uh, here in the Bay Area from 10 to 2 with the voice of the 49ers, Greg Papa. And if I got paid by the word, I would starve. So (laughs) what I want to do is let you know me a little bit if you don't know me, and it, it, just give me two minutes, and even if you do know me, a couple of quick things, and then let's get to know each other better, and I'll explain a couple of things. So I'm going to let you get to know me in just a second. We will get to all the 49ers things, but because this is a pilot episode, I want you to I want to get a f- few things straight before we progress. First and foremost, we'll be on YouTube soon. I've been told we'll be on YouTube soon, so you're going to see the video uh portion of the program. We'll have a YouTube channel. We'll have everything covered. We'll be on the all of the places you need to be, Apple, Spotify, all the big boys. So make sure that you subscribe every single day. I will do this every single morning. We will uh, have this released in the morning, so make sure that you listen every day so you can be smarter and a more productive member of society. We'll laugh. We'll hit some things. You'll hear a ton of sound. I'm into a lot of things, and uh, we will hit it all in a new Bay Area Sports pod- Podcast, Unleashed with me, John Lund. I'm here weekdays 10 to 2 on KNBR. Uh, you can follow me at John Lund Radio. And let's stop here for just one second. Um, I like interaction, not like the rest of, it seems, the country where if you don't agree with me, people get mad and angry. I love it. It tickles my brain when people say, have you ever thought of this? What about that? You might be wrong here. I don't have to be right. It's not a big deal if I'm not. I just like to have fun. I like to be entertained. I like to sit around and hash up sports and other things with friends. I consider you a friend since you're listening to the podcast. You took the time to uh, check this whole thing out. So let's interact. At John Lund Radio, hit me up. I'd love to have, I'd love to have a video or audio or something like that to where it's not just me talking monotonously, cons- continually, all the time. So if you got some video, you got some audio, something like that, I'd love it. Uh, you can always hit me up on Twitter, and when we get the YouTube channel up here in a few days, I'll show them and, and so forth, but it's me reading your tweet, and maybe you could explain things better. So I love interaction. Let's interact. Let's be friends. Let's get this thing going. Listen to me every single weekday. Listen to the podcast for now. Listen to, or Watch the YouTube channel when we get that up in a few days. I was born in L.A., Uh, I started in the business in 1997 in Salt Lake City and got lucky enough, somebody was, or somebody was dumb enough, to give me the Bulls locker room in 97 and 98. That is the Last Dance Bulls. So that was Stockton Malone Jazz, Last Dance Bulls. And I knew long before uh, the Last Dance documentary came out during the pandemic that the Bulls were going to do what they did, implode the way that they were going to do, because I remember going into the Bulls locker room in 98 and Jordan won the, you know, they had won the championship. Jordan's in one room with Leonardo DiCaprio and Joe Montana. Pippen's in another room with his famous people. Dennis Rodman, 
Carmen Electra sitting on his lap. That's what perfection looks like with bodyguards. And then I look over to the middle of the Bulls locker room, and it's Steve Kerr and Judd Bushler and Luke Longley. Good day, mate. And they're pouring champagne all over each other. And it, you're like, this isn't going to last. So that was my kind of start into the business. Then I went into Portland, dysfunctional Blazers, went to Pittsburgh, Detroit, Dallas. I've been in San Francisco for about 11 years, covered multiple Super Bowls, NBA Finals, World Series. I've been very lucky to be in the right place at the right time. Curry's Warriors, the Giants winning three World Series, the 49ers being to two Super Bowls, losing both. As I said, Jordan's final run with the Bulls, the Lakers' final series with Shaq and Kobe. They got beat in Detroit. So the point in saying all those kind of things is I've been around and I have a different perspective and an interesting perspective on really every part of the country. I haven't lived in the South for college football, but I've experienced it. And at some point, I'll get to some of those stories. But I've lived in the majority uh, of the type of sports downs that this country has to offer. And so it gives me a little bit different of perspective. But I am excited to be talking to you every single weekday. I'm excited to be doing a solo project. Like I said, I love Greg Papa, but I'd starve if it was by the word how I got paid. So it's awesome. It's Unleashed. It's a new area, sports, and more podcast. This is your pilot episode. We're going to be on YouTube very, very soon, within days, I'm told. And again, uh, I'm ugly. So it's going to make you feel better about yourself. There's a lot of different reasons to listen to the podcast. So thank you for letting me pontificate for a minute, get to know each other. Let's interact. Let's be friends. Let's talk sports. Let's laugh and all those things. But we can't laugh today. Well, I guess we can. Uh, We are in the Bay Area, and people don't freak out too much. So let's get to it, though. It is time for the biggest stories in the Bay Area, and there is one that sticks out in a lot of different branches to the tree. It's time for today's biggest story. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Um, I felt not to take anything away from them, um, but I'm disappointed about some of the silly mistakes we did to ourselves. And whether, you know, that's not just young guys, that's veterans out there that have done a lot of good things for us. And it's, so it's our whole team that needs to clean those stuff up to um, have a chance to do what we want to do. There is Kyle Shanahan, penalties, mistakes. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. I think it was the Chili Peppers, right? That's what they said. Well, that's what the 49ers did in week number one against the Chicago Bears. It's a bad football team. And there it is. Took me a second. Thank you. Thank you. Anthony Kiedis. I have a good Anthony Kiedis story, but that's for another day. This is how you give a game away to a team that is far inferior to you. Debo Samuel with a fumble on the first possession for the 49ers at the 16. Trey Lance with a stare-down interception that led to a Bears touchdown. Nice play by Eddie Jackson, but still. Tayshawn Gibson, a former Bear, would have liked to have had a dropped interception that was right in his hands. Javon Kinlaw, a hold, led to a Bears touchdown. Instead of 19-10, it should have been 16-10, but Javon Kinlaw was holding. Stupid penalty, stupid. On Aziz Alshire and Dre Greenlaw, dumb 15-yard penalties that kept drives going. Trey Lance was hit and miss. He hit Jennings. He missed Croft. Very simple. And then the rain came down. They opened up the floodgates, and they didn't have a chance. If you look at the three scoring drives for the Bears, the first one, five plays, 57 yards, 15 penalty yards. That was the Greenlaw face mask. Second touchdown, the Ward hold, which allowed the uh, drive to continue. The Alshire roughness penalty, 20 yards and penalties on that one. And the last touchdown, as I told you, the Kinlaw hold, 
which allowed them to score a touchdown instead of kicking a field goal. 12 penalties, tons of mistakes, but the bottom line to the whole thing is, is I, and I don't often say this, teams in professional sports, they earn victories. And it really bothers me when guys say, ah, well, this team lost it, this team lost it, this team didn't win it, this team lost it, and I, I get on people all the time about it. Well, I'm going to have to break one of my cardinal rules because the 49ers gave the game away on a silver platter. It's as simple as that. 12 penalties, two turnovers, all the penalties that I just told to you. That's exactly what the 49ers did. In fact, Nick Bosa after the game, and I have a comment about Nick Bosa and the way he talks. I love it. Here's Nick Bosa, all-pro edge rusher for the 49ers, on how frustrating it is to lose a game like that. It's not like they ran too much new, anything new in the second half. We just had penalties. We knew he was going to slide at the last second, and we hit him, I think, twice for on third downs that are opportunities to get off the field. And it's 15 yards for a team that can't move the ball. It's huge. So, um, yeah, we got to be smarter. We'd obviously like to get a win, but it's just annoying to give a game away like that. And um, just happy to get back to California. <laughs> Nick sounds like this laid-back surfer dude. He's from Florida. It's not like they ran too much new. It's not yeah, like thank they- you. He's like this surfer dude from California. He's actually from Florida, and you wouldn't think he was this beast that he is on the field. That's just Nick. It's hilarious. Anyway, I guess it's not as funny after a loss, but that's what they did. I mean, the number one story among the 49ers, and everybody's going to scream about Trey Lance, and we'll get to it in a minute. And everybody's going to scream to put Jimmy in there, and we'll get to it because there is some news tonight. There is some legit news. I'm not just saying this to get people to listen. There is actually some legit breaking news that we have to talk about Jimmy tonight. And it's not because they lost, and it's not because Trey Lance wasn't very good. But it's not Trey Lance's fault. It's about, first and foremost, penalties, not being prepared, not playing in the preseason. Look, the Bears didn't play in the preseason either. And as an NFL general rule today, it was sloppy out there. We're going to get to kickers. I know I don't like talking about kickers either, but it's almost mandatory today that we talk about kickers. We'll do that in one for the road, which will make two for the road today. This was a game that they were up 10 nothing. They were cruising. They weren't playing that great the whole time. It's one of those games where you're going, they could get beat, they could get beat, then they could get beat. And then you'd watch the Bears offense and you'd say, they couldn't get beat, they couldn't get beat, they couldn't get beat, and yet they got beat. And halfway through the game, I do pre and post game for the 49ers and uh, the halftime report, and I turned to uh, one of my co-hosts and I said, the only way they get beat is if they beat themselves. In fact, the best quote of the day came from Trent Williams, their left tackle, and he says, it's hard when you play against an opposing team. It's even harder when you play against yourselves. And that's what the 49ers did. They beat themselves. That's the top story of the loss to the Bears. Now, the second story is, and it's even bigger, those things are going to be fixed. Uh, a Kyle Shanahan football team playing that way, he's done that a couple of times. His team has done that a couple of times, I should say. He didn't do it. His team's done it a couple of times. He's been criticized for it. But the second story that's really the first, Elijah Mitchell's injury is massive. The 49ers ran it 37 times. Impress your friends with this. Kyle Shanahan is now 37-2 as the 49ers head coach when the 49ers run it 30-plus times a game, and they almost ran it 40. Jeff Wilson is a 2-3 back, and I mean that as a second or a third complimentary back. He doesn't have the quickness to get through the hole. 
Debo ran it 59 times last season. After the opener, he's on pace for 136, and he only got two passes and wasn't effective as a receiver because he was used so much as a runner. Ty Davis-Price is a third-round pick out of LSU. He was inactive as a third-rounder, and J.P. Mason is an undrafted free agent that they really, really like. But the reality is it's always been like this for a Shanahan offense. Go back to Mike Shanahan and look at guys like Olandis Gary and Mike Anderson and Terrell Davis and Clinton Portis. They roll through running backs because this offensive system is one cut and run. If there's a dude in your way, you don't juke that guy, you run him over. So Elijah Mitchell's going to get hurt. Running backs in this system are going to be hurt. You've got to have depth among your running backs. But Elijah Mitchell is clearly the best running back on this roster. And if your mantra is run the ball and play defense and your best running back is not available, then they've got a problem. Now, nothing's been announced as of this recording, but I did get a report after the game that somebody who was there told me that he left in a big leg brace and was limping. That's not good. And this game becomes huge next week against Seattle because you're week two against Seattle. You lose that game, a team that has given you trouble. And I know Russell Wilson's not around. We'll talk about it all week on the podcast. But you lose that game, and it's at Denver, and it's the Rams. And all of a sudden, you lose one game out of 17, and you don't have 162 like you do in baseball, and you don't have 82 like you do in the NBA, and you don't have any warm-up and yet you don't play people people in the preseason. I get it because you can have injuries, but you can have injury in week one, and this injury, like it was last year, could be a big one. Okay, so I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something that I only normally do on Thursdays, and it's called a rabbit hole. And what's up, Doc? So I don't know if you know what a rabbit hole is, what, what the rabbit hole theory is. And I do this all the time, and you may do this as well at work. You get in a conversation with somebody, right? And you Google it, and you start looking, and you start trying to make your point, and you start diving down what I call a rabbit hole. You get the shovel out, and you start digging, and you get down this rabbit hole. And I'm famous for this, and so every once in a while I'll bring it up, and I'll say, ah, I went down the rabbit hole in, in this, and I went down the rabbit hole in that. So Trey Lance was not good. First half, 6 to 10, 70 yards, not bad. Second half, 7 to 18, 94 yards and an interception. I understand that the, the skies opened up and it rained. So I went down the rabbit hole because I started thinking to myself, look, Trey Lance, and, and by the way, let's back up for a second. I've been saying this on a consistent basis that we don't know what Trey Lance is. We don't know what Trey Lance is. We don't know what Trey Lance is. And it's true. Even in the building, they weren't sure what they had with Trey Lance. Here's where it gets interesting to me. And this is going to elicit a lot of response. At John Lund Radio, hit me up. Again, audio, video, shoot me a tweet. I want to use it. Tuesday, by the way, is normally the mailbag, just like it is for the writers because it's a player's day off. So we'll call the mailbag Tuesday. So I need your reactions quickly. I want to get at least three, four, five in there here for tomorrow. So give me your thought on this. I'm not saying Trey Lance is blameless here. The 49ers are trying to do something that is very difficult, maybe the most difficult thing to do in all the sports, which is develop a young quarterback and win at the same time. And this is not only a young quarterback, this is the most inexperienced quarterback of the last 40 years coming out of college. But if you look at the rest of the young quarterbacks around the league, Trevor Lawrence in in Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence doesn't have to win. Jacksonville never wins. He has C.J. Beathard behind him, so he has no pressure. So, hey, you know what, Trevor Lawrence? You were great at Clemson. You're our guy. You're the number one overall pick. Develop at your pace. We'll win with you. Zach Wilson, 
Joe Flacco's his backup. He had to throw the ball 59 times today, by the way. His arm's going to fall off. Clear backup, clear starter. Yeah, it's New York, but the expectations aren't that high. Justin Fields, today's quarterback in Chicago. Expectations, not that high. Young quarterback, develop at your pace. It's okay, no pressure. The 49ers two years ago said, you know what? Jimmy Garoppolo's just not good enough. He missed that throw in the Super Bowl. He gets injured too much. Let's go look for a quarterback. I know. Let's go get a quarterback that has started 17 games at North Dakota State and has thrown 319 career passes, and let's put him on a team that is going to be a Super Bowl contender. The round hole doesn't always fit in the square peg, or the square peg doesn't always fit in the round hole. I don't know how it goes. I don't know that that timeline is going to match up. Now, the key there is 17 starts, 319 career passes. There is one, and I'm going to save it until I give you a little bit more of this rabbit hole. I'm digging down the rabbit hole. I'm going to give you one quarterback in the last 40 years that was drafted in the first round with more inexperience. So these are first-rounders over the last 40 years. I'm not going to give them to you all because I don't want to see your eyes glaze back in your head. But the point is, Trey Lance had 319 passes at North Dakota State when they were playing like Montana Tech in South Dakota. He played 7-on-7 football in high school in Marshall, Minnesota. So for comparison, a normal quarterback coming out to the NFL will throw in college at least 1,000 passes. And now with so much passing game going on, Generally, that quarterback coming into the NFL will throw twelve or 1,300 passes. He threw 319. So I look back over the last 40 years, and remember, passing lessons as you go through this longer and longer. So Michael Vick, and these are only first-round picks. Michael Vick, 22 starts, 343 attempts before he came to the Falcons. Doug Williams, 1978, one year at Grambling, 352 passes. Mark Sanchez, he's always used. Two seasons starting at USC, 487 passes. Achilles Smith, 22 starts at Oregon, 571. Alex Smith, 25 starts at Utah, 587. These are all ridiculously low numbers of, of passes before entering the NFL. Carson Wentz went to the same school, so maybe that's a comp. Carson Wentz, 24 starts, 612 attempts. So now we're getting into twice as many throws, and that's still not very many, as Trey Lance, Carson Wentz through 612. Are your eyes glazing back yet? Justin Fields, 23 starts, 618 passes. I could go on and on and on and on. One of his comps is Josh Allen, 27 starts, 649 passes at Wyoming. Trey Lance, 17 starts, 319 passes. So my reason in bringing all this up is that Trey Lance is a guy that possibly not only – obviously he sat last year. He may need to sit two years. Trey Lance is going to make mistakes. Trey Lance did make mistakes. The mark of a great professional player in any sport is not whether they can do it every once in a while. All these guys, you ever seen uh, NBA players go play in a pro-am league or ever see just NBA players maybe at the end of the season nobody's trying m- much? And, and an average NBA player, not even a great offensive player in the NBA, can score 40 or 50 points. You can, you've seen through the years a quarterback would come off the bench every once in a while, and he can – look, at one point, that quarterback was the best guy in his city, his region, his team, his conference. That's how they got to this level. But the true mark of a, of a great professional player is that consistently they can do it night in, night out, week in, week out. Aaron Rodgers will make a few bad throws, but not consistently, not like this. So you saw Trey Lance today. Makes a great throw to Juwan Jennings. Hey, great job. 
terrible. He misses Tyler Croft. So I think I'm starting to get Trey Lance, this version of Trey Lance. And I'm not saying that this is going to be Trey Lance forever. But a lot of comps have been made with Josh Allen. He's Josh Allen, all right. He's Josh Allen the first year he was in the league. 52.8% completion percentage, 10 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Trey Lance hasn't played enough to be a consistent professional in football. That's what he is right now. That's what he's going to be next week and the week after and the week after, and he's going to get better and he's going to get better and he's going to get better. He's thrown, he threw 319 college passes. He played seven-on-seven high school football. That's Trey Lance. That's his history. And now he's supposed to play in a Kyle Shanahan offense on a Super Bowl contender. Go. Do it. It's never been done. Okay, thank you for waiting. Cam Newton threw 292 passes in one season at Auburn. And that's it. And he was the number one overall pick. I would say that Trey Lance is even more inexperienced than what Cam Newton was. Newton threw those 292 passes, but he threw them against Alabama, in Florida, in Georgia. He was in the toughest conference in America. That's where 292 passes were thrown. Trey Lance threw 319 passes against South Dakota, in Montana, in Montana Tech, and Youngstown State. Youngtown State, I think, is pretty good. But the point is, they're not Alabama. Alabama, they're not. So 319 passes is the second fewest for a first-round quarterback in the last 40 years of the NFL draft. Look it up. First-round picks, fewest college passes. Trey Lance, number two on the list at 319 at North Dakota State. He probably needs a second redshirt year. So I'm not taking him off the hook for the game that he played, but I'm saying the 49ers knew this. The 49ers knew that he was inexperienced. The 49ers knew that they were in a championship window, and still are, by the way. I'm not saying they're not, but Trey Lance is going to take time. His comp to me is Josh Allen. Physically, they're similar. Traits, they're similar. I mean, Allen's a little bit bigger, but they're similar. But if you look at what Josh Allen did, he completed 52.8% of his passes the first year, 58% the second year, and then he started to take off because he played more. But that's what it's going to take for Trey Lance. So can the 49ers be patient enough to develop Trey Lance and try to win a Super Bowl at the same time? That is their charge, and I'm not sure it matches up. And the third big story that comes out of the 49ers game, and it really didn't come out of the 49ers game. It came out of Sunday Night Football. Here's Jerry Jones after the Buccaneers beat the Cowboys 19-3. That's not the worst part. Tremendously uh, disappointing uh, way for us to start the year. Everybody is disappointed about that. I'm particularly disappointed for our fans. Uh, Dak will be out for a while, and so uh, we'll be dealing with that as well. So uh, this was a, a really tough night for the Cowboys, but uh, and and a really uh, a surprising night. But uh, uh, of course, really add to it right there at the end to uh, lose him for several weeks. We'll see more about how long, how many weeks that may be. So several weeks. What exactly happened to his hand? Uh, yes, he has an injury above his joint and his thumb up here. That'll need surgery. Thumb injury, surgery, several weeks. But if there's a team, and I, I, I did this story a few weeks ago. Uh, let me, I'll get to the, stick a pin in that for just a second. I'll get to the Cowboys in a second. I did a story on this on my show, uh, it, and again, another rabbit hole. I got, a, I got a wild hair and got down the rabbit hole, and I thought, man, this is going to take a lot longer than I thought. But I looked over the last five years with NFL quarterbacks, and on average, there's three quarterbacks that go down in a single season with major injuries. On average, it's about 
I'll call that three. Just so if you look at it, you go, it's 2.8. It's, okay, it's three. So over the last five years, on average, three quarterbacks go down per season. Jimmy Garoppolo has $9 million of incentives. He has $6 million in base pay. He has $9 million in incentives. And the only way he reaches those incentives if he's on the field. That's the only way he makes the money. If he gets snaps, if he wins playoff games, if he wins the Super Bowl, he's got $9 million of incentives or 9 million reasons to want to get on the field. If Trey Lance would have played great today and they'd have beat the Bears, I think Jimmy Garoppolo's on the next plane to Dallas. Jimmy uh, Jerry Jones is desperate. We all know that. Hell, I'm desperate. Let's go. I need me some glory hole. He's desperate. He, he might give the 49ers a first-round pick. Hell, he gave the Raiders a first-round pick for Amari Cooper. He gave the Seahawks two first-round picks for Joey Galloway one year. He does these kind of things. He is what you call an impulse shopper. Dak is down. Hell, give the 49ers a first-round pick. That's a bad Jerry Jones. But you get the idea. He is the one owner who is hair-triggered and is just says, man, get it done. Get me a quarterback. We're the Cowboys. We're not going through a bad season. Cooper rushes my backup. It was a cool story a couple of years ago. I remember his parents being in the crowd, all that kind of stuff. That's not happening. Jerry Jones is not going for Cooper Rush for a long period of time. And here's Jerry Jones. Dun, 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 dun. I was trying to do the Dallas theme. It didn't work out so well. But, Jim, but Jimmy Garoppolo is available. He might give up first-round pick. Probably not. Second-round pick? I, I would think so. So at this point, if you're the 49ers, now Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be knocking on a door. Uh, excuse me. Excuse me. Yeah, I'd like to go to Dallas. He's got 9 million reasons to go. Okay, that's Jimmy's perspective. Let's look at it from the 49ers' perspective. Trey Lance just played a horrid football game. And I, as I just told you, it's not his fault. At John Lund Radio, let me know. It's not his fault. But the reality is, you're a Super Bowl team in a Super Bowl window. We just got done talking about that. I, at, at first, I'm looking at this saying, he is absolutely getting traded. And it's just a matter of what quarterback gets hurt. Well, now the 49ers look at this situation and they say, uh... Trey Lance isn't very good. We better hang on to our insurance policy. And to me, after seeing that, would I like a second-round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah. But I think Jimmy Garoppolo is probably going to have to play sooner rather than later. And I'm not doing this for cheap clicks and cheap listens. This is the quandary they find themselves in in this whole situation. I can't pull Trey Lance. I didn't make the rules. I didn't. You can pull a left guard, a right guard, a, a linebacker, a corner, a center, a defensive tackle, an edge rusher. Have I covered everybody? A kicker. Uh, they're kind of sensitive, too. You can, cut, you can pull a goalie in hockey. You can pull a pitcher for a relief pitcher. They don't get offended whatsoever. I didn't make the rules. You can't pull a quarterback because if you do, it's over. So Kyle Shanahan pulls him today, right, if he did. Uh, yeah, we're going to go to trade next week. It just doesn't work that way. The confidence is lost with the young quarterback. I've seen it a ton of times in covering all these years where a young quarterback gets pulled, there goes his confidence, and the, the next thing you know, he's onto a different team. Maybe he succeeds. Most times he doesn't. But there's a way to develop a quarterback. And Kyle Shanahan's going to have to look at the situation and say, if I need to pull this kid, can I get him back? Because we gave up two net first round, three overall, two net. That's always a big thing around here. Two net first round picks to get Trey Lance. So how long do I have to wait on this guy? And can I trade my insurance policy to the Cowboys? Because Jerry Jones has already called. He doesn't. He's too old to text. He didn't text John Lynch. As soon as he did that press, that little press conference right there about Dak Prescott, he called up John Lynch. Hey, John, how about a first-round pick? Man, that's a bad Jerry Jones. You get the idea. 
So they've already got themselves a quandary. They've already got themselves, and this isn't just created through the media, as everybody thinks. This isn't created through the media. This is, you have a legitimate injury with an owner with zero patience, and he wants to get Jimmy Garoppolo right now. And if you're the 49ers, second-round pick is great. But Trey Lance was so shaky, I don't think you can trade him. Let me know. I want mailbag on that. I want mailbag on what I said about Trey. I want mailbag on Jimmy Garoppolo. Would you trade Jimmy for a second-round pick? At John Lund Radio, hit me up. I'd love some video, some audio. We can do the tweets, however you want to interact with me. But let's interact. What do you think of that? Uh, I would not trade Jimmy at this point. I have no confidence in Trey Lance, whether it's his fault or not. I'm not trading him. Give me your thoughts. All right, this is the segment where I would normally go with a guest Mondays and Fridays, and I want I want you to set your calendar because we'll have dev- different benchmarks on the show uh, every single day. But no, on Mondays and Fridays when, is when we'll have our guests on the show. So Mondays to review the weekend, Fridays to preview the weekend. I wanted to, you to get to know me and me get to know you. So I'm going to do a guest tomorrow, though, because there's the big game between Seattle and Denver, and that's the 49ers next two opponents. So I'll have a guest on tomorrow to talk about that game and a preview both of the, preview that game. So we'll have a guest on tomorrow. But normally it's Mondays in this segment for review and Fridays for preview, and we'll have really good guests for you. So uh, make sure you stay tuned. Make sure you know that, but we will be doing the guests on Mondays and Fridays, making tomorrow an exception. It's time for something we'll do every single Monday. It's called the NFL in 90 or so seconds. So what this is, is I'll give you about 90 seconds or so on the NFL and what happened today. You'll get caught up, and then you can go to the office tomorrow and be a productive member of your office staff and know everything that went on with the NFL, even if you slammed your remote down and shut off the games after the 49ers lost to the Bears. The NFL in 90 seconds or so. NFL in 90. Patrick Mahomes and his five touchdowns and 44 points and a win against the Cardinals. He doesn't need no Tyreek Hill. He'll add 8-96 in these Finns debut. Miami top Bilicek and the Pats and are waiting on a Mac Jones MRI. Packers wide receivers were led by Sammy Watkins. He only had 18 receiving yards in the Packs' loss to the Vikings. Devontae Adams, meanwhile, for the Raiders, had 141 in their last to the Chargers. Speaking of the Chargers, the best duo pass rushers, Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack, 16 quarterback pressures and four and a half sacks in that game. Welcome back, Saquon Barkley, 168 yards rushing in a TD. He missed 21 games the last two seasons. New York and fantasy owners rejoice. The G-Men beat Tennessee. Lamar Jackson turned $250 million before the game down. He's his own agent. Then threw three touchdowns and a win against the grounded Jets. Former Raven Joe Flacco had 59 throws. Baker Mayfield had a chance to extract revenge on the Browns, but their kicker, Cade York, nailed a 58-yarder at the horn, one of a few kickers to actually make a kick. The Colts and Texans tied. I've never attended a tie game in anything. It's got to stink. I want a winner and a loser. We want winners. The Colts and Texans. The NFC West, where the 49ers reside. 0-3. Rams lost to the Bills. 49ers to the Bears. Cardinals to the Chiefs. The only hope for an opening week win is Russ going back to Seattle against the Seahawks. Unlikely. Finally, don't fear for team lost in week one. Five teams, Cowboys, Bills, Titans, Packers, and Patriots, all lost in week one in 2021 and made the playoffs. And that's your NFL in 90 or so. All right, and finally, it's time for, I usually do one for the road, but I want to do two for the road because there's two things that I want to discuss before we get out of here. So it's one, but actually two for the road.
As I said, two for the road because there's two things I want to talk about. I don't love talking about kickers. I'll be totally honest with you. I don't love talking about kickers. And the reason I get mad about kickers is because in my travels, I once traveled with the Raiders and Sebastian Janikowski, Seabass, the old Florida State and Raider kicker who's drafted the first round. And Seabass used to bring his golf clubs to uh, Raiders training camp. One time he drank too much to get on a, a plane. So kickers have one job, kick. Sebastian Janikowski used to kick a few, hang out. Uh, John Kondo, a good friend of mine, was his long snapper. Shane Leckler, the punter. And they, they, just, they didn't participate in a whole lot other than just, you know, hanging out, making a few kicks. So you have one job to do. But kickers today couldn't do it. They missed four potential game-winning kicks. And I do love the bonk sound. You have bonus bonk sound here. Rookie Ryan Stonehouse, the holder. The kick by Bullock is on the way. Oh, it's down. It is no good. He missed it to the left. And the Giants leave a season opener for the first time in six years with a win. From 55 yards away, Boswell. Boyd. No good. Snap. Placement, kick on the way, Boswell, that's a winner, unforgettable season opener. Here's Reed with the extra Ooh. point, the safety steps up and drills it, good for him, how impressive was that? Oh my goodness, that was not as good that. That was really good. Wilcox, snapper, Huber, holder, from 29 yards away, oh he missed it badly! Two bonks. Off the left, upright. There you go. Kickers. Two bonks, which is nice. That is one for the road and two for the road. Tyreek Hill describing a gutsy call by Dolphins coach, former 49ers offensive coach, Mike McDaniel. Now, here's what happened. The Dolphins went for it on fourth and seven from the Patriots, 42 with less than 30 seconds to go before halftime. Resulted in Tua Tagovailoa's first touchdown of the season, a 42-yarder to Jalen Waddle, 17-0 lead, and the Dolphins run away from the Patriots and win week one. This is how Tyree Kill, the new Dolphins wide receiver, described what McDaniel did before the half. Man, like, hey, man, McDaniels, he's going to need a wheelbarrow, man, for his nuts to carry around, man, because he got a lot of football on this, you know what I'm saying? So... All right, that is John Lund Unleashed, a various sports podcast pilot episode. Drop me a line tomorrow. Tomorrow's the mailbag at John Lund Radio. Video, audio, tweets, however you want to do it, at John Lund Radio. Let's interact. Let's be friends. The pod should drop each morning. YouTube channel coming very soon where you can see my ugly mug and feel better about yourself. Listen and subscribe, Apple, Spotify, all the usual places. Listen to Pop and Lund weekdays 10 to 2 on KNBR, the sports leader in the Bay Area. Thanks for listening to the pilot episode. Tomorrow will be better. It's John Lund, Unleashed, Bay Area Sports Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.